So glad you've joined us for this week's podcast of Live Transformed. As always, Dr. Jim Richards is with us here, and Audrey Woo! and myself. <laughs> and mostly you're here, and um, we're thankful for you, how you love God, and you want to experience Him more and more in your life. And we really love you. We think about you, we pray for you, and know that this yeah. is... We get to do life together. Yeah, our most recent episodes that we've been speaking about, and just for your information, this is episode number 42, and experiencing God, you know, through His name. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about that, and boy, I've really, really enjoyed this. Because getting to know God is the ultimate goal. It's the ultimate thing. Like, that's what we live for, is to know Him. Well, when you know the name Audrey... Well, there you go. I mean, it's it's a name, but it's a na- it's a person you experience for sure. When you know yeah. the name, you know Dr. Jim Richards again. Yeah, it's a name, but boy, boy, when you, when you experience when you experience him, him, all of a sudden Jim a Richards has a whole, whole new ring to it. It That's has a whole right. new. <laughs> but you know, you know, here's an interesting thing. You know, you brought that up. It's kind of popped something into my mind there. You know, the way you experience Audrey. Uh huh. And the way everybody else experiences Audrey is different. True. Because you ex- you and Audrey experience each other in a way that is only acceptable for two people who deeply love and are deeply committed to each other. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And you know, you know, we're the bride of Christ. Yes. And, and that model in the bride of Christ, even though... Uh, some people freak out over this concept. I'm not saying that we should do this, but the model of the bride of Christ, you know, was developed in God's heart in a time when people had many wives. Mm. And, you know, they're, they're not like in America. In America, we have them one after another. Back in those days, they just had them all at the same time, you know. No. <clears throat> and so, so they had, a, you know, so they had many wives. Now, what's interesting And just kind of what popped in my mind when you said that is the fact that there's different Hebrew words for wife. And there's a Hebrew word for a wife who, yes, you're providing for her. Yes, you you care for her. You know, yes, she's bearing children. And, you know, in other words, there's all these aspects that, yes. Mm -hmm. But there's another Hebrew word for wife that says, this is the one that I share my secrets with. Mm. This is the one that I'm intimate with because what we have together is something that transcends even what I have with all of these other wives in my harem, so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. And so when you you know when you think about the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ is all of the the wives that are in the harem. Mm-hmm. And all of all you know all of those people have have all have kind of the same standing. They have the same position. privileges, accesses. Yeah, huh? same position. Yeah. But what's interesting, as the bride of Christ, you know, Jesus made some statements. And this, this kind of gets into this thing about knowing God and knowing His name. You know, Jesus yeah. made some statements that, that in today's... You, you know, I, I finally realized that, that the reason young people create such goofy theologies and the reason there's such permissive doctrine and misunderstandings about faith and righteousness is because we're dealing with the only generation that has been raised under the influence of socialist and communist influences from the first grade all the way through graduation to college. Wow. And see, one of the, one of the core deceptions... And socialism and communism is that not that everybody deserves the same opportunity, but that everybody should be guaranteed the same outcome. 
So when you think that way your whole life, then you're reading the Bible and you're imposing mm-hmm. your thoughts on the Bible. So suddenly you come up with this, these ideas that are not scriptural. It's like, because I'm in Christ, uh, I should be guaranteed the same outcome. You know, no matter how corrupt my no matter how corrupt my life is, yep. no matter what's going on, I you know every promise that God's made that's true. The answer is yes, but just because the answer is yes, and you're qualified because you're in Jesus, does not mean that you're participating in in that in that promise. Yeah, <clears throat> because the idea here, remember, and, and I say all that to say this. Remember, Jesus said over in John, I don't know somewhere. Uh, he said it in right in that scripture. That scripture right <laughs> yes, there. That one. He said, uh, "He said, listen, if you if you love me, you you'll keep my commandments, and if you keep my commandments, me and the Father are going to come in and we're going to make our home with you." And of course, he's not talking about keeping the commandments in a legalistic way. He's not talking about being under law. He and you know Jesus, you know. Cut, basically condensed the commandments down to loving God, loving people, and loving yourself, but then told us, you know, what, what that should actually look like in real life. But, um, but you know, we want to take a scripture like that and say, well, because I'm in Jesus, the Father's going to come and, and, and he's going to make his home and he's going to buy with me and he's going to teach me things. No, that's not what Jesus said. Now, Jesus is offering the opportunity for that to every person that's the bride of Christ. But the ones who experience that are the ones who say, I'm going to be that bride who my heart is for you. I'm going to be that bride who, who I'm putting, I'm putting you first. I'm going to be that bride who is going to have this intimate connection with you where we get together and we share secrets. Yes. Yes. Where I tell you all of my secrets, and I open my heart up to you, and you tell me all of your secrets, and you open your heart up to me. So people need to understand, when the Bible talks about the revelation knowledge, there is the revelation knowledge. And there's actually, and, and in the Hebrew, this is very clear. And actually, it's clear in the Greek, but you have to, because the Greek didn't have the language for it, you have to couple a lot of scriptures together to come to this. But in the Hebrew, it's just literally, blatantly obvious. In the Hebrew, there's this concept of the revealed knowledge of God. And this is what God has revealed to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's His Word. It's all based in His words, based in His name and His Word, His commandments, all these kinds of things. But then there is a, then there is a word for secret knowledge. Now, secret knowledge is not uh, revelation knowledge where God reveals something about who he is that he doesn't tell other people. In other words, this is not where you're finding out something that's not in the Bible. Right. You know, or, you're not or a new greater fact, than the Bible. a new truth. Right. But what, what secret knowledge is, secret knowledge is like, okay, we, you know, we're talking about the names of God. Mm-hmm. So secret knowledge is, okay, I'm, I am Jehovah Jireh. I'm the one who sees it in advance and prepares your provision in advance yes. for anything you're yes. going to face. Yes. Now, that bride who doesn't know all the secrets might walk right past the place of provision and not oh, realize okay. is there. Yes. But that bride that's in there saying, saying I, 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 need to, I need to know you. I, not just your provision, not your provision. See, I need to know you as my provider. Wow. See, there, there, there's a difference. See, you know, you know, that everything, 
really huge. Oh, it's, it's, it's and, it and is it, huge. And it makes me want to like get emotional because oh. it's like that's him. Like when we walk with him and talk with him every yeah. moment, we won't walk by those things. We will. We will right. find them. We'll be so knitted together in our hearts with him that yeah. his, his ways become my ways because my ways are his ways. He's in me. He's literally living his life through me. You know, in in the uh, in the Arctic, among the Arctic people, the uh, the natives they have this thing, and it looks like a sort of like a snowman. It looks like kind of like the like uh, the uh, uh, the Michelin tire man. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so when when they go out hunting, they you know they go out so far and. And 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 uh, and interestingly, by the way, they this is a sidetrack. They do something that the, that the Hebrews did. When they go hunt, they go to a place that they feel right about, and then they pray for the animals to come to them. Instead really? of just yeah, instead of just going and yeah, tracking down the chasing animals, chasing them down. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so so when they let's say that they kill a moose or some seals or whatever. Well, they're going to go hunt some more, but what they'll do is they'll take enough food for their journey, and then they dig a hole way down in, in, in the snow and the ice, and they bury that that they've, that they've killed, and they build this little snowman-looking thing on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the, 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 um, the word that, that they use, their word for it, but basically their word just literally means, here it is. <laughs> now... So they go out and hunt for five or ten days, and when they start back home, every time they come by one of these towers mm-hmm. of snow, here it is. Here's the food, and, and they, they, they dig it out, they pack it up, wow. they go by each each one of them, and they take enough food then back to the community to last a month or two. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is you could be out there starving to death and freezing to death and walk right by one of these things that means here it is here's the food and you could just look at it and say you know i know i'm gonna die because there's no food out here i don't even have a spear to kill food so i'm just gonna sit down here and i'm gonna lean against this pile of snow and close my eyes and die and you could die right there where provision is because you don't recognize it you don't know the sign you don't know the sign. Now, you see, we all want to know God, what God will do for us. But not, not many people really want to know God. But if you want to know what God will do for you and you want to be able to trust that, really have what the Bible calls faith, then you first really just got to know him. Because you, you don't know what somebody's going to do for you, really, if you don't know him. But in that intimacy of knowing him, see, if I know him, I know what he'll do. I know what he won't do. But in that intimacy of knowing him, he's going to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to just do this for you. I, I, I want to show you who I am as your provider. Wow. And God is going to, in that intimacy, he's going to show us how to understand the path that we need to take, how to understand the decision that we need to make so that we come to that place of having that need met that he planned in advance and got everything ready. Even if he would walk by it, he still got everything ready. Yeah. And so this is, you know, this is the difference between knowing God's name through personal, intimate, or secret knowledge. And again, secret knowledge not being mystical, just no. God showing God showing you what the written word really means in your life with him manifesting in your life. Yeah. 
And so, so, and, and, so in you comparison know, to knowing his name through the facts and the yeah, meaning, just, and, and yeah, I get exactly. that. But we're going to know his name through that secret knowledge. But, but Jim, yep. everything you've just said, I am just everything in me is just saying yes because oh, I yeah, see absolutely. so many disappointed believers out there that are wondering why their prayers aren't answered because the promises of our God are yes and amen. And I thought we were guaranteed the same income. I mean, outcome. I, well, it could yeah. be the income too, but we're yeah. guaranteed the same outcome. And so why is it working for that person and not for me? And we're saying it's available to every person. Yeah. But Bob and I could see it a million times We when we're we're helping people with their relationships and their marriages. It's like we bring them to the door, but that's as close as we can get yep. them. And they have got to go through that door themselves. We will ask them the, 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 the questions that will lead them so that they answer their own questions. We don't want to give them the answers. We want them to, right. to, to discover those for themselves. But they have to walk through that. And it's the same with this relationship with Jesus and his names and the names of God. Yep. It's like, I want to know that name, but I want to know it. I want to know it so well that I recognize it. When you know, when there's a 200 people in a room, but you know someone intimately, you don't know any of the yep. other people, you will immediately go and find, you out of somewhere, out of nowhere, out of those 200 yep. people, you'll like beeline and find the person you know. And mm. I think that I, that is one of my things with God is that I want to walk into any situation and beeline right to where God is in that situation yep. and where his heart is and where his, what his name means mm. for that moment just makes mm. me love him more. I think yeah. getting to know his names just helps you to fall in love with him. When you describe Jehovah Jireh just now, it's like he actually went ahead and settled all my accounts. Yep. For till the day I see him face to face, it's already yep. all covered. He said, "I'm actually going to cover every day that you're alive. I've made sure that you have enough. You not you have more than enough of everything you need, whatever yep. that may be for the day." Mm -hmm. You know, I think about when we had a residential Bible college, and I may have shared this before. I, I saw this a lot of times as a pastor, but it was kind of more definitive when I was dealing with Bible school students. I can remember Bible school students would be here, and you know. It would start getting a little challenging for them. And the first thing they would start doing is, well, you know, I think God's leading me, you know, to go back home. And I'd always sit down and say, well, let me ask you, <laughs> did God lead you here? Yes. Is God omniscient? Yes. So then do you think God led you here, but he didn't realize you were going to run into this problem? Well, no. So then are you saying God led you here and then God changed his mind? And, and, you know, you're trying to get them to understand if, if you believe God led you somewhere, then when you've got to make a decision, you better not make that decision independent of getting into that secret place with him and connecting with mm -hmm. his wisdom. Mm -hmm. But what I would see happen so many times, and I mean, I, many times I would have somebody just come to me out of the blue and a student struggling financially, they would come to me and just say, you know, pastor, I've been, I've been praying for this particular student has been on my heart. And they would say, so in so-and-so, you know, a week or two or whatever, I'm getting a bonus at work or I'm getting my income tax back or whatever. And they say, so what I want to do is uh, when I get this check back, I'm going to pay their tuition for the year. Wow. Now, I had that happen several times. Now, one of the things I would never do, I would never go back to that student and tell them. Never. I would go back to that student and I would encourage them to trust God. I would encourage them to get intimate with God and let God whisper in their ear and help them, you know, make the, the wise decision. But many times they would go home and that money would end up going to somebody else. 
But what I saw in that was that was that God always looks ahead and prepares a way to meet the need. But we can walk right past it unless we're connecting with him intimately and yeah. personally and and hearing you know I, man i can't even tell you the times you know when, when when i've wanted to bail and god just said just wait just yeah. wait and you know that, that'd be all i'd know i just get a don't make a decision now just yeah. just wait just wait just wait but the thing is he goes ahead of us and makes the makes the preparations but sometimes we just walk right past it and never recognize it was there yeah I want to do just a bit of a flashback, you know, to our previous episode, but jumping in here, you know, with regards to the goodness of God and Jim, you mm-hmm. were, you were bringing up, um, a point that goodness has a lot to do with harmonizing with him. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, when we find ourselves in these seasons of life, you know, where, yeah, I, I believe God has led me here. I'm, I, but then you, you hit the obstacles you know, you hit all of those resistors, and mm-hmm. then you want to pull back. And, and I'm wondering if sometimes it comes comes to the place where I know that he's good, mm-hmm. but will he be that good, you yeah. know, to me? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in, in this time, or do I need to kind of retreat? You know, was mm-hmm. I moving out in faith when really it was just ambition? Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's this this dichotomy between human strength and his strength. It's like I, now that he's brought me this far, but now I've got to take over. Yeah. You know, uh, that thing about selfish ambition is really, really interesting. You know, James 3.16, it says in the King James Version, where you have zeal, and that word zeal is the word selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. It, says where you, where, it says where you have selfish ambition, it says you have confusion disorder, I believe it is, and every evil practice. Wow. Now, selfish ambition leads to what I call willful confusion. Wow. You know, willful confusion is where I have made up my mind. I've already decided what I want to do. I've already decided what I'm going to do. And I might be jumping through the hoops, getting counseling or jumping through the hoops of having discussions with my friends and talking like I'm praying about it and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I've, I've already made up my mind. I you know, already I, I know ta- what I want. I know what yeah. I deserve and I know how to get it. I want this yeah. outcome and I'm going to make sure. Exactly. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. So <clears throat> once I've made up my mind, anything that God would impress upon me, any counsel that I see, see, there's the there's the revealed knowledge of God that would be counsel that you'd get from somebody, mm-hmm. where they're saying, well, you know, here's a good scriptural principle you need to consider, da da da, and then of course there's the secret knowledge of God where God's trying to draw your heart, trying you know trying to draw you back, and this is where we start getting into the goodness. Now, see, the goodness of God leads to repentance; it leads to a change of mind. Mm. But but we got to explore what that goodness is. But you see, if if God is trying to draw me in a direction, and I've already made up my mind what I'm going to do, then I have to go into a state of self-induced willful confusion. Wow. And the only thing I'm really confused about is how can I justify doing what I'm doing? I've got I've got to I've got to I've got to be confused to, to justify what I'm doing, or else I've just got to admit that I just. I'm not interested in where God's trying to take me. 
This is really challenging, you know. Like this is seriously challenging because I, (laughs) Bob is laughing, because this is like, (laughs) I really am a girl who knows what I want and and how Mm -hmm. to get it. You know what I'm saying? I'm very capable. You have a lot of ambition. I have so much ambition. I won't put selfish in front of it. Well, but but babe, you know it's going to turn into selfish ambition so quick. It's 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 a fine line. I'm feeling challenged here, (laughs) because I do. I wake up with so much heart for stuff like. I know I'm growing and I'm and I know I'm getting to a place where mm-hmm. I don't need it but I have spent most of my life knowing exactly what outcome I want mm-hmm. and how to get it and I have a very strong will I'm not going to lie. Well you know something there's nothing wrong with knowing an outcome as long as you evaluate that outcome you know based on the word of God as a matter of fact now did we ever talk about uh uh, Jeremiah sixteen six. Any of these podcasts about choosing at the crossroads? Yes, we, we talked talk about, about two with for two full co- podcasts. We talked about that. So, so you know, remember we talked about in that that when you come to a crossroads, mm-hmm. it says it says that you got to stand, and that word yes. stand means to stand and to co- and contemplate and ponder and consider. Yeah. And it says, and then you've got to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that gets into the idea of I've, I've got to imagine and look forward and think down the road to what the outcome of this is. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it also gets into this concept in, in, in the original language of, of the fact that the words, I believe it's the, the, the individual letters in the word stand, I believe it is, where it, uh, uh, indicate that I've got, I've got to stand there and I've got to contemplate the revealed knowledge of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In other words, I, I've got to contemplate what I, what I do know about God. And it says then to choose the old path, and then it tells you to choose the good path. Yes. The good way. Now, that old path, if you remember, it's, that's the idea of the path that's based on the revelation knowledge of God, but it's also a hidden path. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it's hidden in the sense that we don't know what path to take. It's hidden in more in the sense of what's hidden in is we can't see how we're going to f- come out fulfilled. We can't see how that's going to, you know, give us what we want. If we take, but yet it's the very thing. It's the very key that's going to bring us exactly what we long for. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And when it comes to selfish ambition, I think what protects me, or I can, is just the fact that I want intimacy with God and knowing Him more than I want anything else in this world. And I feel like that protects me from the selfish part of the ambition because I wake up and I just want him more than I want that. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like there's a protection there from the well, see, selfish in the, in ambition. The, and that, that's the deal. In the original language, it points to the fact that, and see, the good way, the word good is the word basically to harmonize or harmony. And in the original language, it gets, in, it gets into the concept or gets into the idea of, okay, choose the path that, first of all, is based on the revealed knowledge of God. Uh-huh. Then it says, and choose the path that is going to cause you to harmonize with the heart of God. Yes. And and so that's the thing. Have I experienced God enough that being connected to him, 
Have I experienced God enough that and value his ability to speak into my heart? Do, is all of this so precious to me that I want that more than anything else? Yes. Yes. And if it is, we will be able to see that hidden path. Now, mm-hmm. in the concept of it being a hidden path, I think that would that would also point to the fact that that see the remember the 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 revealed the revealed word of God is is um, is is my lamp. So so the word of God shows me which path. Yep. It's the lamp that shows me the path. But um, also in that being a secret path, I think that if I as I harmonize with the heart of God, God starts telling me the secrets about walking this path. Mm-hmm. He starts he starts whispering to me the value in, in walking this path, but but I don't get that until I've made that decision. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. completely. You know, I've, I do a lot of uh, hiking, backpacking, you know, with the boys, and we're just planning our, our trip coming up this October and um, doing a little bit of, of uh, research, you know, with regards to the trail. Uh, you know where the campsites are. You know. Oh, oh you, wait a minute! You you mean you want it to go as good as it went the last time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've done it without a map. <laughs> I'm, I'm selecting to do it with a map this time. Oh, okay, yeah. good move, good and, move. And in fact, they, that is the revealed knowledge. And in fact, they've suggested you bring a GPS because they said the trail isn't that well marked. Oh, okay, but. But in looking at this, you see, that's the revealed. You yep. see, you, you can take a look at the map mm-hmm. and you can, you know, study it, study it, make all yep. of the plans. But until you're actually on the path, walking yep. it, that's when you come back with your stories. Yeah. Right? You see, yeah. that's when you come back with your it, experiences it became because personal. you lived it. It, it became yes. very yep. personal. So no matter how you study the map, Mm-hmm. Or read about it and research it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. pales in comparison to walking the trail. It's true, and I have I have this little thing where years ago we were guests on someone's show, and they asked, they were asking someone to pull out a dollar bill, and he pulled out a dollar bill, and this dollar bill was carefully placed in their wallet, perfectly. And the speaker there said, you know, I appreciate the fact that you respect money because some people just stuff dollars like balls in the bottom of your pockets. But that shows respect that you take care of your money. Like it was just an interesting observation. And I just, mm-hmm. it kind of stuck with me. And I thought, oh, and then since that time, I decided to just respect provision, you know, respect the provision mm-hmm. where it comes. And so if like, you know, when you do, I, I call it being paid for doing the laundry because you always find coins whenever you do laundry. That's my tip money. <laughs> I got 10 cents. No, but I'm just joking. But anyway, throughout all these years of raising kids and and being a mom, I've always, whenever I find money around the house, you know, in the couch, I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds money in their couch, but you you find this money and I don't, even if it's pennies, I don't throw it in the garbage because that would be my, that's how I used to go before. But now I, I have this, just this non-negotiable that when I find money, I respect it no matter what size of nomination it is. So I, I respect this money. I put it all in one place. It sounds like a crazy example, but I'll, t- I, and I, t- I shared the example once where I was in the middle of the desert and I found my, I beelined to a dime that was where no one walks. And I was like, what is this 10 cents doing here? Like, 
And how mm. in this, all this desert and the beautiful things I'm watching, my dog running, how did I see this beat up old 10 cents sitting in the desert? Like, I don't, how did that even happen? It's because when you're walking, it's just an example. When you're walking and talking with God, he just shows you to look in a direction. He, you just look mm. there and you see it. And this is no lie. I, I haven't even shared it because it sounds so weird. I don't even know if I told Bob, but I was walking in the desert a couple months later. And of course, I picked out the dime and I respected it, you know, and I, and I respect money. And so I respect provision, not money, but provision. Mm -hmm. And right. so the next, I, this is the honest truth. I stopped in the desert about two or three months later and I, to, to just enjoy something in nature. And I looked down and there was a, penny and a quarter 26 cents together i was like what is going on like how does this even happen i can't even tell anyone this like this is too weird to be true so not only did i pick up the 26 cents and thank jesus that i he provided that in the desert he provided provision in the desert as far as i'm concerned he's prophesying to our hearts all day long he provided for me i picked up the 26 cents i looked up the meaning of the number 26 in the bible and in the scriptures and it is everything to do with the number of god it is god puts you know mm -hmm. 26 chapter of books in the first book it's part of the bible 26 26 is a really significant thing it is oh absolutely and yeah. so how was there 26 cents under that cactus in the middle of nowhere I picked it up, and so I did share with one person, Killian. You know Killian? She came to one of our marriage intensives, and she. I said, well, you know what? I don't really want to tell anyone, but I actually found 26 cents. People are going to think I'm making this stuff up. And she goes, wow, God loves having fun with you, doesn't he? And I said, yes, he does. <laughs> he loves having fun with me. And I think of that because that's personal to me. It's like yep. I like to have fun with him, and he likes to have fun with me, and we notice when the provision is there. Well, you know, and, and of course, you know, at, at the end of the day, God takes us through personal things where we get revelation in a personal way that makes sense to us. Yes. And we have experiences. We have ex in, in that in that secret knowledge is where we have unique experiences with God that may not mean anything to anybody else. <laughs> But they Hence mean my something. Hence, hesitancy in, to share. Yeah, they mean something incredibly significant to us. Yes. You know, a, a friend of mine, real close friend of mine, is a doctor that I do a lot of lot of work with. He and I do a lot of experimenting together. And um, and we chuckle. We know. <laughs> yes. And so experiments. Uh, uh, yeah, we do. We're like, we're like creating a you know a. a uh, Anti-Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to create the perfect healthy human being, but but is you know we were t we were talking about this thing about uh, uh, but uh, he was telling me something about something you know that God was kind of leading him to do, and he said now Jim he said he said here's the deal he said he said I just don't have any choice when God wants me to do something, and I said well I understand what you're saying I said but I said but. The reason you don't have a choice is because you gave up that choice a long time ago. That was a decision you made in advance. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't wait until your back is against the wall and you've never experienced God and the goodness of God, and 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 suddenly you're going to try to make all these decisions on these on these great values, and you're not intimate with God, and so you don't you know what you know what I mean. So th there's decisions that we make in advance that it's like automatically makes hundreds of future Correct. decisions. Yeah. And so he was telling me, he said, you know, he said, when I first got saved and I was, just, he said, when I was a young boy 
He said, I was talking to God about something, and, and I can't even remember what it was. I can't remember the details. I wish I, would, I wish I could remember the details of the story, but basically, you know, it, it revolved around following God or not following God. And so, so he said, God, he, it was something like, you know, well, well, what if I don't want you doing this in my life? And he said, God spoke to him and said, okay, I want to show you something. And he said, for, you know, it was probably only a few minutes, but it seemed much longer. That is like he could not feel or sense the presence of God. Huh. And he said it was the most horrible experience that he could ever imagine. And he said he instantly knew this is what hell is like. This is exactly what hell is Whoa. like. You know, the, the torment of hell is not mm. all the physical uh, metaphors that we read about the Bible. The torment of hell is that you you want it to be away from God. This is what it feels yeah. like. Mm-hmm. E- e- I mean, even the most ranked sinner doesn't realize they're getting some benefit wow. from God's presence. But anyhow, you know, from that time on for the rest of his life, every decision, you know, started being made from this perspective of, of I never want to break God's heart. I never want to be alienated from God. You know, and of course, some people are going to jump and say, what do you mean? You know, God never leaves you, never fails, never forsaken, yang, yang, yang. Right. Well, no, well, wait a minute. The Apostle Paul also said in the book of Ephesians that when we keep giving ourselves to these selfish things, which all sin is basically selfishness, he said, we can harden our heart and get past feeling. So, you know, when, when, when we're standing there saying, I can gratify myself right now and do this, but the question is, how connected will I feel to God, you know, based on which path I choose? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How, you know, what will this do to my confidence? What will this do to my conscience? What will this do? Will this start me on a path that gets me to where I can't even sense his his presence anymore? And see, to the person who has experienced the goodness of God, to the person that's ever actually harmonized their heart with God, Mm-hmm. And it, and felt what it was like to just eat, sleep, and breathe God, you know, mm-hmm. and and just and and just the. I'm not talking about being ultra spiritual or you know that goofy kind of stuff. I'm just talking about just sensing His love and His presence. Well, to that person, he wants to choose that path that's going to keep him in harmony with God. Mm-hmm. He don't ever want to lose that intimate connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I want to pull out another word that that I'd really like to talk about, and that is just the simple word of obedience. Yeah. And I, I heard an awesome story, you know, just this past weekend of, of a person who, you know, was um, offered a job promotion and wanted the job promotion. But she said, you know, just wait a minute, let me pray about this. Yeah. And she prayed about it, and she really sensed from God, No. And uh, didn't make any logical made sense. no sense. Uh, her employers were like, you know, confused by it. A few weeks later, they, you know, offered it to her again. She says, well, let me pray about it. And she said, no. And uh, the third time they offered her the job and she said, and the Lord said, yes, take it now. But what had transpired between the first offer and the third is that there was a young man with a family who needed a job. And he has been in that job that she created the position for. During mm-hmm. that season. During that season where she was having to say no to the promotion. 
She was able to create a position for him, and he's been in that job now for over eight years. And as you know, when the third offer came, it the release was, came. The release came, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Lord, why now?" And yep. he says, "Because I needed you to be here to create that yep. job and position for him." Yeah. And the details, the details, the orchestration. But of when it. I heard that story, I said, "Wow, what?" For me, because you heard it from the man who had the yes, job. He has the job. That's who Bob was visiting with, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's still blown away. You know that because it was supposed to be just a term job for two years, and now he's had it for like eight years. But when when he shared with me the story, I was happy for him, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I was in awe of her radical obedience. Seriously. Yeah. You know that she would be willing to obey. Because here she's taking a path. Yeah. Here she's experiencing everything that, you know, we're talking about. You know, just she's pursuing the heart of God. But in that, she's harmonizing with him. And in doing so, out of this obedience. um, What a beautiful calling that is. She's Mm -hmm. creating a way. And I mean, she got the promotion. She's moved on. Yeah. And yeah, after he got the job, she was gone with, you know, within a couple months. Yeah. And he's like, where are you going? Well, <laughs> but you know, those yeah. are the harmonies. But just that obedience, you know, would be would we be willing to not do the obvious? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The yeah. secret path. The, the secret path. That's exactly yeah. it, And we it, don't Jim. know how it all fits together, but we know mm-hmm. that our choices are affecting other people. That we can be part of an answer to prayer. But to have, you know, as Jim was, you know, sharing just a a, a little earlier, you know, just I've already predetermined, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm going to obey. And I'm going to need him. I'm not just going to take the obvious. mm -hmm. I'm going to need his direction. Yeah. And, you know, obedience is not only not sacrifice, obedience is better than sacrifice yeah that's true. you know from a scriptural point of view if you the person who views obedience as a sacrifice of some kind is a person who does not understand that the only reason god wants you to harmonize with him is so that you can have the best possible outcome yes you know um i had a really interesting Brenda and I had a long conversation about this yesterday we were you know we were talking about the fact that you know I, i get a lot of credit for people thinking I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's amazing the things that go right for me that honestly yeah. I can look back and say I really wasn't smart enough to make that right. come out that way. Right, you know? right. <clears throat> but, you know, my my one thing is I've just always spent a lot of time with God yeah. and always been willing to listen. Now, that don't mean yeah. I haven't done some crazy things. It doesn't mean I haven't found myself headed down the wrong path and, and, and you know, have a a reality check and say, well, wait a minute, God, I want to get back on your path. I want to get back where right. you're walking. But uh, but there's just been so many things that demonstrate all, everything we're talking about today. And and one of if we got time, I just I want to share one just really interesting that just happened for me. You know, um, um, I began to have this sense, this inward sense, that the mortgage company that holds a mortgage on my home at our ministry property Uh i just had the sense that they were going to try to take our property away from us because one of the the things that banks will do 
greedy banks is when you get the debt down low enough, you know, like I had, you know, two and a half million dollars worth of property and I didn't know but $800,000. Well, then that means if they could find a way to take my property, they would have a lot of money. They would turn around and all that equity would be theirs. And Mm -hmm. banks do this stuff a lot. As a matter of fact, the less you owe on your debt, the more likely you are to get foreclosed on. And, uh, you know, some people just thought, man, you're just being paranoid. You're just being Mm -hmm. crazy. Well, so I just kind of by a fluke, I I was calling a person with that bank that I used to talk to. And it turned out he didn't work for that bank anymore. And so I caught him, you know, not being there, not having to stand up for them. And I just told him, I said, I said, here's my suspicions. Here's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I can tell you this. He said, I know for a fact that they're trying to get rid of all church business. Mm. And, you know, and so we had some other discussions that really confirmed, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're probably not going to renew your loan and they're going to put you in a position where you got, you know, 60 or 90 days to come up with, you know, nearly a million dollars. Right. You know, which which churches can't do easy these days. No, no. So so I, I, I go down the road here and visit a guy that I've done some business with and basically sell him half of our property and walk away with what we remain, the debt that we remain, getting a, a, a he financed it. He bought our debt. Really? Out. So you don't even have you, you? He owns your debt to a person. He owns my debt. I mean, I'm, I'm wow. paying to him. Yeah. But here, but here, here's the here's here's the backstory. Thirty years ago, when the savings and loans crashed in the eighties, uh, we were in construction, and my house was on the line, our property was on the line, and we had a construct. You know, we had debt for the property. And we had debt for all the construction that had been done. And so the savings and loans crashed, just like it did in 2008 with, with the banks. And suddenly, churches couldn't get money. And so this property, I mean, we're about to lose everything. I was going to, you know, and it, it was no fault of mine. I didn't cheat or lie or do anything. It just, it, just, it just happened, and I had no control over it. So this particular man, a friend of mine told me about him. And everybody in town viewed him as a gangster and and a rough guy because he was a pretty rough guy. Uh, uh, so, but I went to see him, and he just said, and I met with him and his partner. He said, "No, I just no, I, you know, I don't want to do this. Uh, not interested. This is not a property we'd be interested in." So, every few, just every few weeks, or sometimes a couple months would go by, and you know, I'm fighting foreclosure, fighting, try to keep from losing everything, and I just get this sense of go back and see him and. And pretend like that you're telling him this deal for the first time. <laughs> so I did that over and over again. I mean, it got to where I know he thought I was he thought I was crazy. And so finally, uh, I went down there one day, and he says, "All right, I'm going to do this." He said, "But all I'm going to loan you is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Well, I need it three hundred and fifty thousand. He said, "But I'm going to loan you two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Don't ask for any more." I said, all right. And so I got to $250,000, which got, you know, got me out of foreclosure range. It paid enough, enough stuff off that I, that, you know, everything was safe. But the same thing started happening. About three weeks later, I had this sense of go back and <laughs> asking ask for that $100,000. And I probably did that 10 times. And finally, one day he says, all right, you know, we'll do it. I've got to. And so we came up with a way to do it. 
Well, you know, uh, when we bought our other property, our big campus and where our Bible college was and all that kind of stuff, I actually borrowed the money from him. So all of these years, we get down the road here, 30 years later, and when a bank is trying to make a sideways deal to that would just totally devastate our ministry. Right. A way had already been prepared that I could just walk in a guy's office and, you know, he didn't do a credit check. He didn't do a background check. Right. He didn't ask for an appraisal. Wow. All he needed, all he needed was my word. Wow. And, you know, you look back and you go, who would have ever thought <laughs> really? from, from this deal that I wore him down on years ago? But I did it just because that's what the Holy Spirit kept speaking to me yeah, today. Yeah. So, you know, even though there was revealed knowledge, there was the obvious thing that was happening. What I didn't recognize was that there was something happening that was going to be incredibly more significant 30 years down the road and to me that's wow. just one of those that's just one of those pictures that of, is of me incredible of me getting introduced to somebody that i shouldn't have even went to that nobody wanted me to do business with but in my heart i knew this was the guy i was supposed to go to getting turned down keeping pursuing it yeah. and then find myself down here today going okay and this is this is the guy that becomes our solution wow see this is, you never you know how God's orchestrated. No, you never know. know. The little teeny tiny things, like with Bob's story, with that with that lady not doing her job. You don't know that following God no. is changing the dynamics of so many right. things in the tap. You know, people obviously see the picture of the tapestry of the tapestry of everything God's doing, and He yep. literally loves it when He finds those of us who will obey, because then He can work with that so yep. easily. He's like, okay, I'll use this because I know Jim will obey and he'll do this because I know that this will work out for this person or for the future. Yeah. 30 years later, Jim, like 30 yeah. years later, that's a long time. But he, he, there's no time and space with him. He fig he does the pieces of the puzzle. Anyway, we got it. We got to stop this beautiful con podcast. <laughs> we, we've been talking for like an hour. <laughs> I yeah, love we went it. A little, we went a little longer daily yeah. than we had planned. But I know, I know we all love it. I'm, I'm well, hoping I hope listeners. Helpful. No, I actually think this has been a profound, profound moment of talking about, to me, this has been about Jehovah Jireh. Like yeah. when we talk about the names of God, yeah. this is about, sure, he, he's our goodness, but he's gone before us. But at the, at the end of the day, you can have all of that information but if you are not harmonizing with him yeah. and entering into that secret place of intimate yeah. communion, then you'll That's never it. get yeah. the, the secret knowledge, the revelation about who God can be in your circumstance right now and yeah. how God will manifest. And you won't have that sense of, of, of having him to follow and, and know the, yeah. where he's taking you, you know? So well said. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much, Jim, for and, this. And, and, you know, I just want to, kind of take a, a a quick glance at some of the notes that I've I've made over this this broadcast today and just taking a look at this is you know absolutely stand and consider the revealed knowledge of God absolutely yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but keep your heart in check and in you know there was a statement that uh Jim has made and we've made it so, all of us so many times over and over again is that that's not a substitute for spending time with him. Yep. Yeah. And and just really spending time with him because it's then there 
that you begin to experience his secrets. And then you, you're able to keep your heart in check and you're able to avoid, you know, that selfish ambition. And I'm really praying for people today, you know, that if they're finding themselves in a confused state, you know, and, and, it's, and it's a result just of their own will, you know, their willful confusion that we talked about, that they would just kind of take a step back, you know, and yep. really consider the good path. Mm-hmm. Because he really wants to, you know, uh, for you to experience all the nuances, everything along that pathway. And uh, if you find yourself, you know, sitting beneath a tree or whatever, you know, God is providing for you right here and yep. right now. Yeah. Your provision is, you might be sitting on it. So <laughs> dig that's right. You know, exactly. providing for you right here, Good one. right now. You're listening you today. You must be so encouraged He's right now. He's providing for you right here yeah. and right now. It's been encouraging. We're gonna we're Good gonna deal. we're gonna continue the names of God next week, and I just want to say to our listener, go to our website. There's tons of great material of how to be close to God. Jim Richards has a heart physics program that mm-hmm. has really helped people to find that secret place with the Lord. Go check it out. And we will see you next Thursday when we release our next Live Transformed podcast. And we love you. Have a great week.